0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number 10 of Kraken Fancast, brought to you by Silver City Brewery. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, for our regular roundtable discussion. We'll also have our friend and colleague, Luke Chelios, on later with an interview with local Seattle KSW radio personality and hockey fanatic, Steve Miggs. Uh, For those of you who are new to our program, we want to let you know that we release episodes approximately every two weeks with occasional exceptions, and one of those exceptions will be coming up soon. I'll talk about that a little later. Uh, On our episodes, we'll discuss all subject matter about National Hockey League's 32nd franchise, the Seattle Kraken, team that just finished up their first regular season road trip, and will have their very first home game in Seattle coming up very, very soon. On our program, we'll uh, we'll share news about the team, analyze their play and various happenings, present interviews with people involved with the team, as well as the fan community. Plus we also aim to go into some different subject matter. You might not hear on other podcasts and webcasts. You can find us always on Spotify and Apple podcasts, as well as our own website, which we highly encourage you to visit. It's krakenfancast.com. Visit krakenfancast.com for everything related to our show. All of our episodes are on there and even our YouTube channel is integrated with our site. We also ask you to please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at CastKraken. Please follow us on there and stay in touch with us uh, for all Kraken FanCast news and happenings. And by the way, speaking of all of that, we have a little sticker contest Folks, you like stickers? You like putting stickers on stuff? Well, we've got them. And we have them for listeners who leave positive reviews on our Apple Podcasts specifically. This is important because the more reviews you leave, the easier it is for listeners to find us when they search for Seattle Kraken or Kraken Hockey. So all you have to do is write a review on Apple Podcasts then we'll reach out to you and get your info so we can send a sticker along. Please keep in mind that the sticker uh, deal will end on October 31, so pretty soon. Okay, so we have much to get to. Uh, let's just jump right in on the roundtable, boys. We, uh, we've we seen a lot of hockey recently. Holy moly. It's, uh, we obviously, on our last episode, we talked a little bit about the very first regular season game. So exciting. It was a loss, but it was a great competitive game against the Vegas Golden Knights. They lost four to three on their first game back in October 12th, two days later. Wow. They go to Nashville and they get their very first win ever four to three against predators and same score. Although this time it went the cracking way. It was a very uh, close game. Good game gave us a lot of positivity about this team right off the bat, losing a close game. They were very good Vegas team beating the Nashville team in Nashville, off to a good start here. Then two days later, on October 16th, they go to Columbus, take on the Blue Jackets, and uh, this one was a close competitive game. It went into OT, overtime. They lost 2-1, to one, but it was a very good competitive game, and they got one point uh, for the standings there. So already they're right off the bat there, 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Not bad for a brand-new expansion team. But then two days later, they play in Philadelphia and the icy cold water of reality hits us right in our face as we saw them lose a very ugly six to one game against the Philadelphia Flyers. And the next day they'd had no break, go right over to New Jersey to play the Devils. And it was not quite as ugly of a game, but not a pretty loss to the New Jersey Devils losing by a score of four to two. Team has a few days off, some welcome days off. No, no doubt they need a little bit of uh, rest and recuperation and re, uh, you know, kind of uh, retooling, if you will, uh, before their first home game. Uh, it's a huge day in the history of the team—the very first regular season home game—and it'll happen in the brand spanking new Climate Pledge Arena, taking on division rivals, the Vancouver Canucks. Where do we start? Well, Jim, let's 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 talk a little bit about each game, a little bit, and then we'll kind of do a whole assessment. Uh, first game against Nashville, they started off with a lot of energy, I remember, and uh, looked good. Uh, we're a little on their heels in the third period, but they hung on the win, four to three. Uh, what do you what are your thoughts on that game? First off,
1: oh, it was a beauty for sure. Um, you're right; that third period they were hanging on for dear life. Thank thankfully, Grubauer was just top notch. I mean, that was his best. Game of the run, actually. Good effort all the way around, all the way down the lines. uh Pretty equal shared minutes. McCann had a wonderful game. He had the first goal. Tanev had a nice rebound. I won a power play. Actually, he was on the power play, which was strange to me. I thought, geez, he hasn't probably played on the power play since his Metro Toronto Bantam Triple A days. But uh, he got a tally there on a rebound that was pretty nice. It was. not nice. Wenberg had the third goal, and he had a great overall game. In fact, I might even give him the the game puck as far as our team goes, and then Tanab with the empty netter at the end. Shots, we were outshot by just a bit, uh, 30-26. Our faceoff dot was not good, hanging at about 44, which was kind of surprising. Our power play was solid at two for two. The hits, uh, we were up on them, 22-16. The uh, Preds were atrocious at giveaways, and I think we were capitalizing on a lot of neutral zone turnarounds. and. Grubauer was solid It you know, he didn't face a ton. He faced 21, but they were all pretty high percentage uh, quality shots in terms of that effort. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there was another great situation in that game. Dunner got in that fight. Yes. First fight. There's another answer. Yeah. So that's his second test we've seen, um, you know, and he's not a very big guy, but man, he's not afraid to drop him. And that was a turnaround point of the game. It lifted us up for sure. So I was impressed with that, but. I I did call it. I knew he'd have some knuckle damage and he missed a couple games right after that. So that was also the game we called up as a Barry Boulet. Yeah. From number 12. It came Uh, out of
0: left field. Yeah. It
1: did. You know, it was a surprise. We all had to do some homework on him, you know, junior number, smaller guy too, but he was basically taking the role of uh, Yanni Gord. So he did all right. He had one assist that night. I don't know what you expect.
0: It must have been tough for him because, you know, just diving right in, you know, we had all the rest of the guys, or most of them were in training camp. they have been working out. They had the preseason games and here kid go right in the middle of it. And under, under the circumstances, he looked okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, how much uh, pre-instruction you're going to get at the pro level at that? I mean, I, I know what I went through when I was playing young amateur, but that's ridiculous to just pop in and like, Oh great. Here's the system, learn it tonight or learn it in two hours, actually. So, you know the team looked good. Obviously, our first win—you could see how happy they were. There's good pitchers all over the internet that night, um, so that was that was a big deal. Obviously, can't go wrong there. That was solid first win ever. Yeah, Nathan, it was. It was I was beaming. You know, I mean, see,
0: my God, they've won a game already. I mean, I don't. You know, I granted, I'm going back from thinking of expansion teams of old, not what Vegas and Seattle have done. But I, you know, I've kept my uh, expectations. try to keep them pretty tempered. So it was extra, extra thrilling for me. How about you? Yeah,
2: you know, whenever I think of the playoffs, I immediately bring myself back, reel them back, and be like, you know, let's just take it one game at a time and take it slow. Uh, a lot of things to iron out, but they're going to get it figured out, obviously. There's several players that, to me, stand out. And the fans, when, when Gord reported, people are so excited for Kraken hockey. Keep it cool. Not get too frustrated when we give a right. Keep it real, because
0: I mean, we were all thrilled. I mean, it was people around town and the news and I everything. Mean, it was like it was a playoff game. It's only a second game ever, although a first win ever. But I, yeah, all the news and everything. Everybody was 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 so happy on that, understandably. But it was it was just kind of funny for me to see that. Uh, and then the next game, you know, they, okay, didn't have didn't have a win in Columbus, but that that was a that was a good tight game, eh?
2: Yeah. Uh even though it was a loss it was still a really good game i liked what i saw they played complete utilizing all their lines really well they just didn't get the win that's the way it goes but they left it all out on the ice and Am I wrong? I think we have six fights in five games already. That's who doesn't love a good fight every now yeah, and again. Well, right?
0: I mean, they're being feisty and everything. I mean, you know, Jim, I'm just thinking maybe more than nitpicking mechanics, but they're very, they're very important ones. You know, the two things that come out to me and I'm, I'm maybe jumping the gun here. Cause we, this is more of an issue on the flyers and devils games, but I mean, two things are glaring. You just touched on it was face-off wins. They are, they're sort of losing that battle it seems on most of these games if not all of them I don't have all the stats in front of me but I, I that's that's something that's been a little glaring and then defensive lapses I mean I have saw in some of these games particularly you know I felt bad for speaking of getting thrown right in the middle of a Joey Decord who you know you and I really dig you know he's kind of an odd man now so he's in the AHL but I'm, I'm really liking that kid and Gee, right off the bat, those first two goals uh, that he led up in the Devils game, I don't don't think were so much his fault. There there were a lot of defensive lapses, and we've seen them to varying degrees on each of these games. They were more pronounced on the Philly and New Jersey games, but we've seen a little of it in every game, eh?
1: Oh, yeah. The faceoffs were typically hanging around 44, 45 on average. Shane can pull out about 50%, which is nice. And he's also used on the PK a lot, which is important on that. Yeah, it, it's it's a problem they need to work on. I don't know how much they better they can make it without maybe a potential trade down the road or something. The one positive flip side of that is, is we're a really good takeaway team against opponents, which is that's probably an analytics thing that drove a lot of the selection. So we do good on takeaways we're not great on face so that's kind of a counter thing um but going back to the cbj uh columbus series or uh columbus game um th- like nathan said you know obviously it was a tight game um but there, there was some sloppy giveaways to right in the neutral zone too that, that killed us uh and let's not forget how great that tan of solo effort was on the two-on-one where we stalled and and oh my god i was so like what the heck dude where'd you pull that That one out of and he even knew it you know (laughs) he had that big old smile when he got back to the bench and everybody was talking about it that night um and then of course patrick line with that overtime winner which was a nice snipe but that's just that's a tough loss man that's a one that's an overtime one goal game um yeah, that, that whole faceoff thing obviously needs to be short up. And like I said, I don't know how you do that with a, acquiring somebody that's a specialist in that. You can sit there and drop pucks. Well, Gord, Gord is pretty good on it. He actually had mo, most one. Gord most was his. fantastic in the, the Devils game. Um, you know, he was pulling 57%. You know, people were automatically assuming, oh, Gord's back. He had a great game. Well, you know, he had a good game. I, I won't say it was over the top, but I mean, he pulled 22 minutes, uh, which is high. Uh, he had a 50, 57% face-off uh, on the dot, which is good. He had one assist. He was a minus one. He only had one shot, um, and he had one takeaway. i was surprised at
0: that. Yeah. But it still felt like he made a difference out there.
1: Well, because he's a control guy. He sets the pace. He's the puck's on his stick a lot, and he gets his own play. So if he can get teams running around, then that's good. But that's what happened to us in the, in the silly – philadelphia game we were running around like crazy
0: oh what happened there that was just you know too tired what what ha- i mean is philly that good i know they t- took care of some other teams
1: too and not just seattle but from the get-go Haxtell was outcoached straight up you could see it right away there was no adjustment in between periods either <clears throat> the only bright spot of that whole game you know was well let's not forget about the fighting again and by the way if you brought that up and yeah we, we have been caught in some some fisticuffs and that's fine with me But one thing I have noticed is, you know, you've got a two, three guys max on the club that they're not bona fide fighters, but they can drop them. And obviously, Alexiak is one of those guys. But I'll tell you, when that situation happened in that game, when Geeky was over at the boards and the camera angle was there and there was four orange Philly players there. And I kept thinking, where's the rest of the where's the backup here? I'm not seeing anything. And it took forever for Alexiak to get over there, all I can assume is because of the camera angle that the players were over by the bench chatting, and then were forced to head over there. But I've seen that a couple of times. There's not too many of you know the bona fide fighter type guy stepping up when they should right away. I mean, you got Donato stepping in to cover for that cheap shot on Geeky. That shouldn't be happening. You need guys. Well, and by the way, Bastian got his butt kicked. I mean, it's it's already making memes out there. It's bad. It's <laughs> I mean, he's a big boy, he's six four. he's solid, and I'm expecting, you know, he's a fourth line, I don't dare I say power forward type, but he needs to get busy. We've got the guys, but I'm, I'd like to see more initiation out of him right up front.
2: Yeah, yeah, It's it's one thing to get out there and be organized, and then it's another thing to have a fight happen and everything gets unorganized and everybody's kind of watching what's going on, what's going on. You need to get in there, stand up for your guys. It's not that they wouldn't or didn't want to. I don't even think they were aware of what was going on. I don't know if it was because you're losing. You're talking with coach, you know, like you said, you know, they're chit-chatting, jaw-jacking at the bench. But you need to be aware of what's going on at all times, when play is going and after the whistle.
0: Well, who are we looking at? I mean, we're looking at Alexiak for 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 a lot of that bastion. Who else, who else should be out there scrapping?
2: Uh. I don't know. There's like Jim said, there's only a couple of guys really that are going to drop their gloves. Um, I was surprised that Bastion uh, got TKO there basically, but you know, it's going to happen. You just have to get caught once. It's all it takes. I've seen it thousands of times.
0: Speaking of getting caught. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys got the report on what exactly went on. I it was a lower body injury or what happened with Chris Drieger who came in in relief on the flyers game and was expected to start on the New Jersey game. And then, you know, earlier that day on the New Jersey day, um, he's on IR It's like, Whoa, what happened there? So uh, joy to up and I guess we'll, we'll stay
1: up. Do we,
0: do we have any word on how long Deegre's out for?
1: I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything either. Yeah, I, it's been a little quiet. It was a surprise, you know, cause we all figured he was going to start cause it was a back to back, right? Give it to him um group was tired or he had to be anyway and um but then to get that announcement about uh, joey i was like okay let's but let's get an entry i hate these lower body upper body that's so generic i want to hear some actual little details i know i'll never get it but it's a trend that's been going on for three or four years now in the nhl that they're going to stick with and he played well actually
0: yeah i thought so those first two goals you know the later one maybe all right and the other one was an empty netter but uh Total defensive lapses, especially that first one was ugly. I was like, if he stops this, this is going to be amazing. And he, he, how could he?
2: Yeah. For the fans that are listening, I don't think people are aware of just how much we talk throughout the day on Messenger. We're constantly talking with each other. And Luke said, can we please get a private plane in the next hour and to get to court over there and get him in the net? And it was the next day he was playing. That's right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, because I mean, what was going on with Gruba?
2: Well, yeah, and Dreger was on the IR
0: out of no, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. There you go. It was a, it was a good prediction. Well, we'll see. Well, we're expecting Grubauer in the game on Saturday, uh, October twenty three, opening day. Uh, what do they need to do to clean up, or what,
1: what? What should we be expecting here? Boy, if you backtrack to the Philly game, the third goal against. I said to myself, that was at the 15 minute mark of the first. I said, yard him, meaning grew, get him out. And it was nothing to do with his performance. It had everything to do with the shakeup of the team. You know, that's what you do. I was a little surprised they didn't. You know, Haxtell regretted it, though. Did you hear that? I heard in the press, or he, well, he would have done
0: it at, at goal four. He kind of, he said, if I had to do over again, he would have done it.
1: Okay, good. Cause, you know, let's move to the next period, second period. It was about m- almost midpoint, I think nine minute. Um, Goal four. And I thought, okay, do you do it now? You're kind of at that magic moment right there. What do you do? And then no, went to five and I said, now it's too late. So you're kind of screwed either way and then bring in. And by the way, the then the goals were getting ugly. They weren't, you know, they were a little bit his fault there. That game was so crucial to me. I almost feel like if that third goal happened, maybe they got, you know, a in there or something, and then just turned it around and made it respectable I would have had a totally different outlook from there on to the end of the whole run of the games. Um, I kept saying, you know, one, three and one versus two, two and one is a huge difference. uh, Psychologically. What we got to do basically from here out is a few things. Look, we know we're going to be a lesser scoring team. We knew that up front in the draft, but we can still score enough to win uh, with our line combos to this team was built goalie out so we're strong defensively we know that but our weak spot actually of the whole so far on those games those five road trip games has been our d core is doing uh, uncharacteristic mistakes actually in their own zone and our forward our whole defensive structure is breaking down from neutralized to our goal line uh, we're doing things we're getting caught loading up the, the strong side we're leaving backsides open um long outlet passes are ripping us for two on ones this is all not Hacksville hockey that's going on. So something has to change. And the the, the ironic thing is it's our defensive game that needs work, not our offense, even though our goal production isn't the greatest. D is our problem right now overall.
2: Yeah. Uh, I had two points that I was going to bring up and you just took the words right out of my mouth on one of them. And that is that they need to be more present at both nets and they are not You know, the other point is, is that when you have the puck and you shoot it from three feet from the blue line, some people are going to make that shot. A lot of people make that shot, of course, but there's got to be more presence in front of the opposition's net in case there's a rebound. I'm not seeing anybody near the net where they need to be. Everybody's on the outside. Everybody's in a scrum. Everybody's hanging out at the point. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't get it.
0: Well, especially those later games. That's, that's very true. Cause I remember Donato's first goal. That was cause he was right in the middle of a little scrum in the front of the goal. I mean, there have been a couple of goals like that, but not enough. If you two, two, only a couple of goals out of, you know, five games, it's not going to be that way. So that, yeah, there does need to be that presence indeed. All right. Well, we'll hope for better things here in our brand spanking new arena um, which we'll talk a little, a lot more uh, in our next episode because our, our colleague Lute talked about an insider. He, he's got some real insider views. So, so insider that it's almost like he's working there. Oh, maybe he is. Uh, Lute will tell us a lot more about, we'll all talk about Climate Pledge uh, Arena, but I, I did have an experience there. I'll mention uh, being at the Foo Fighters Death Cap for Cutie show on Tuesday. Um, I got a little early preview. This was sort of a, it's not a concert that's being called their first one. In some ways it was sort of a soft launch semi-private concert, I guess, you know, only 13,000 people there, quote unquote. Um, and it was uh, for a benefit for a number of charities, but it was a fantastic show, but I was very, very fortunate to uh, get a ticket to that and walk around and I've shown some photos to, to you guys. And, uh, all I'll say is I'm just so blown away. I've been in a lot of arenas before in various sizes. And uh, this one, which is still a work in progress from what I understand, but I was really blown away. It's sm- It smelled like I was walking in a new condo uh, apartment building or something. The <laughs> carpet, like everything's, like, you They go in an arena and it smells like all new. When, when does that ever happen? And I actually have been in some relatively new arenas, but this was like blowing my mind on that. So uh, cushy seats, uh, everybody who goes in there you're gonna you're gonna love it it's noticeably quite a bit bigger than the old key arena uh, and uh, arguably I you know I had a friend who mentioned something about uh, getting a little lost in there it is it is it's a little windier and everything so it, it, you got to look at the signs of where to go but uh, I've just blown away we'll get more into it on our next episode because we'll most of us all have had that experience and we can all talk about it but folks You're going to have a great time. You're really going to love this new arena. We are so lucky and blessed to not only have the Seattle Kraken team, but this brand spanking new arena. All right. Well, great roundtable as always, guys. Thanks for all the great input. And also, speaking of input, it's time for some emails from the deep. We love, 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 love getting to interact with our listeners, and we particularly love and appreciate getting emails and social media messages from you all. So each episode, we'll aim to uh, read a couple of these notes, and I've got a couple here right now. Uh, First one is from Jamie Willis. Hey, guys, just wanted to let you know the show is sounding great. Really love it. Keep it up. Hope to see you all soon. Thanks very much, Jamie, for that input. We love that uh, and appreciate it. Uh, here's a question coming up from uh, Mike Larson. Uh, Dear Kraken Fancast, after having a few games under our belts and seeing how the team has played, how confident are you in Grubauer for later in the season? Do you think they will be rotating more? Interesting question, Mike. Who wants to take that one?
2: That is a good question. Every team does it a little bit differently. If I was coaching, I would probably do three to one. Uh, if there's some struggles act accordingly. Um, obviously there's so three, three Grubauer. Exactly. And, uh, you know, there has been some struggles, but it's early. We, we are figuring ourselves out and we can't put it all on Grubauer. You just can't. We've explained enough. There's other things going on that will get ironed out, but yeah, three on for Grubauer, one for Drieger and, uh, Probably the way it's gonna be for a while, maybe get to court in there when we need to. That's probably on par with what'll happen. Yeah.
0: Like you said, it's really early. We can't <laughs> we can't go like you know, so many sports fans of all their teams, like you know, after two, three games they have a meltdown. That's it, the season's over. Oh my god, you know, but there's a lot of hockey left, folks, 82 games, and they're only five in. And uh we've seen Philip Gruberbauer perform great on a lot of these games.
1: Yes, but that being said i am putting our home opener as a must win game all right there you go the challenge
0: (laughs) it would be i mean yeah i mean they need to bounce back from those last two in some ways just to keep the the to lift up the team and the fans and everything it's it's an important game it's it's turned into a more important game than maybe we looked at it before All right, before we get to Lute and his interview uh, for this episode, I want to take a minute to tell you about our new Patreon page. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it uh, easy for creators to get funding. Putting this podcast on takes a lot of time and finances for equipment. So things like sponsorship and Patreon funding helps keep us doing what we're doing. For patrons, it's a great way to join their favorite creators' community, helping with funding and getting some perks along the way. You can go to patreon.com slash fancast or krakenfancast.com slash patreon and make your way there and and subscribe. You can get some uh, great perks that you, uh, you can all get involved with. Uh, The perks can start as low as $5 a month, although uh, there are also uh, three different tiers. There are higher uh, money tiers. So the more you donate to support, the more perks you can get. Perks in the starting tier include email priority for emails from the deep, raw audio of the interviews with our various guests, notifications before anyone else uh, uh, for Kraken FanCast merch opportunities and other perks like that. Exclusive fan cast contest entries, lots of things. And uh, as we are going to do right now, a patron shout out for hopping on the ride nice and early. We want to give big thank yous to our new Patreon patrons, Trapper Robbins, Travis W, CT, Diana Malakoti and Ben Nilo. Uh, Diana and Ben, I hope I pronounced your names right, but we thank you all very, very much for the very early support and for more that we see uh, coming in soon. So thanks much for all that. Lastly, uh, a little bit of more housekeeping. Our sponsors, we love them, and we are very appreciative of them. We'd like to give big, big thanks to our sponsors, particularly our presenting sponsor, Silver City Brewery, located in Bremerton, with their beer sold throughout the state of Washington and beyond. Beer for one, beer for all. Silver City is an inclusive, all-inclusive Northwest craft beer adventure in every kind. Stay tuned for more news about Kraken Pancast and Silver City Brewery partnership in the coming weeks and months. Uh, also, big thanks to our buddies over at the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey themed bar, located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. Cracking VanCast will periodically broadcast video episodes from the Angry Beaver throughout the season. All right, now it's time. Looking forward to this one. Uh, always great interviews. Luke Chelios chat. We got another Luke Chelios chat right now. Steve Miggs. Steve Miggs of KSW. Big hockey fan, big hockey fanatic, even a hockey player. Luke will explain. Luke, take it away.
3: Go Kraken! Welcome to Tellio's Chats, powered by Silver City Brewery in Bremerton. Today, from the deep, dark, mysterious seas of the Puget Sound, we have a mystery Kraken hockey guest. I hear you play some hockey and you tried it out for our first ever NHL team here in Seattle. Tell us where you played hockey as a kid.
4: Oh, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, honestly, I played hockey as a kid. I did roller hockey uh, growing up in Brooklyn, New York uh, and did that for forever. And then eventually made the switch to ice when I moved here to Seattle because I was like, well, there's really roller hockey is not happening out here. And I always wanted to do ice. So I say now's the time to figure it out. And that was oh about over 20 years ago. And awesome. here I am now. Yeah. Actually, you sound like a, a
3: radio voice. Uh, maybe you're more of a radio guy than a hockey player. We'll find yeah. out. Our mystery <laughs> guest today is Steve Miggs from the BJ and Miggs Morning Show, ninety-nine point nine FM, KISW, Seattle.
4: Thanks for having me, my man. Uh, it's really nice to be on the show. Well, we just uh, we just heard about you
3: trying out for the Kraken. You're our first Kraken hockey player on our podcast. <laughs> We're about 10 episodes in, and you're the first player that we scored. Thanks, Jay Middleton, your buddy from KISW Radio Days. And I hear you're a little bit of a wrestler, too. So let's get into it. Did you meet Groovy at the Kraken Iceplex?
4: <laughs> I did I did not. All I met from the team was uh, their goalie coach,
3: uh, Andrew Allen. All right. Well, I know Andrew Allen through Mark Champagne. He's uh, trying to get a gig with the Palm Springs uh, AHL team next year.
4: Tell us great about dude. trying
3: out for the Kraken emergency
4: backup goalie position. All right. So to give you like the full uh, behind the scenes thing. So it was, I was actually going to play hockey on a Friday afternoon in Tacoma, finished playing, check my phone, you know, as soon as we're done off the ice, like all of us do. And I see, I have a missed call from a number. I did not recognize. And it turned out it was uh Alexandra who's part of the Seattle Kraken. Uh, like they're the, the brain Trust of all, like the general manager's team of 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 analytics and stuff like that. So, okay,
3: the analytics sweetheart from uh, from the Minnesota Wild. She came to yes. Seattle to help build the management team. Awesome. So, so you got yes. a call from the Kraken. What did you What did you think when you first saw that?
4: I, had, I stared at my phone. I'm like, you have to, God, to be kidding me. I actually got the <laughs> phone call <laughs> and we had a couple of buddies that were saying, and like, Oh, to go back a couple of years ago, we had uh, uh, Tim Lawicky and David Bonner, uh, not David Bonner, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, okay. to the own, part of the owner group. They came on our show to drum. This is how long ago to drum up the interest for season tickets. Like, Hey, we want to no get way. interest out there. And so they came on our show and Jerry caught wind that I was a goalie. Someone told him that. And he said, Hey, I tell you what, when the time comes, we're going to have you out as our emergency backup goalie. Now he said I was going to be the guy. So we joked about that for a while. I was like, I'm the first draft pick from the team. Like that's, it's awesome. But I was like, that was just a joke. I thought, and it was still kind of fun. So I get the call from Alexandra and I call her back and she's like, yeah, Jerry Bruckheimer wanted me to call you to invite you to be uh, one of the tryouts for our goalie position. So I was like, looking at my phone, I'm like, what is my life? Like, this is just insane. I'm a, I'm a, a bad beer league hockey goalie that just has a blast (laughs) playing hockey. Like the rest of us, you know, we do it because we love it playing sometimes at 11 o'clock at night, like never ever played at a high level other than the rainier hockey league, you know, as part of a beer league team. And now I'm getting a phone call from the Seattle Kraken because the owner told them to call me. (laughs) Then I find out well, also there's a, another buddy who's helped like helped them put together the emergency backup goalie tryout list. He suggested me, and, and so did John Barr from NHL of Seattle. So I'm like, okay. I have three people that put in a good word for me, which was really cool. So I get the call, I say, yeah, absolutely, love to be a part of it. Uh, it and then uh, on a was that that was on a Friday, on Monday night, went down to the cracking community iceplex to try out, not knowing what the tryouts were gonna be like, not knowing who else was trying out. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, man. Like I, at one point while driving there, I was like, I should just go home. Like I do not, des- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't deserve to is do this. this. Real? Like, <laughs> right. This is this real. B am I going to embarrass myself and see, like there's way more deserving people. I know of a few people actually that were there. Uh, my buddy Wayne, if you watch the special on root sports, they, they, they talked to him as well. A couple other guys as well. Darren, who's known as heavy, there's guys that deserve it way more than me. But then as I was like getting off the exit and legitimately thinking about turning around and going back home, I'm like, why waste their time? I was like, I'll be more embarrassed. I I mean, yeah, I'll be embarrassed if I suck out there, but I'll be more embarrassed if I say no to this opportunity because one day, you know what I mean? Like I'll be able to, Hey, I get to talk to you about it. And one day I'll be able to tell my daughter when we're watching the game, Hey, did you know your father once tried out for the team? Like it's, a, it's a story that'll last a lifetime. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'd be an idiot not to take the opportunity.
3: Well, Steve, we're glad that you joined the fan cast today. We're going to have uh, the fans go back and try and find that, uh, that little uh, show you mentioned. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the taping where they could find this on root
4: sports. Yeah, it was on yeah. Roots. They 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 put it on Roots Sports on the pregame show before the very first game against uh, the Edmonton Oilers. I'm hoping eventually it'll end up on like their website or something like that because I think it was a cool piece and it was fun because like they talked to I think there was nine of us uh, total that got invited, which even Andrew, the goalie coach, said, "Hey, understand this, guys. Like before we start this, he was great. He mm-hmm. said this was not an open tryout. You guys were all picked because somebody vouched for you. So." regardless of how you do take a lot of pride in that. And I, and, and, and you can look around and everyone's like, that's freaking cool. Like that's <laughs> like, regardless of what happens from this, like, and I think, and it was cool to be around all those other goalies. Like some guys I've never met before, some of them that I did know. And everybody was cool. Everybody was like, had that same mentality of how cool is this? I can't believe that I got invited to this and I hope you do great too. Like it was, it wasn't like a, a weird competitive like douchebaggery kind of thing. You know what I mean? It was like a bunch <laughs> of us it. weird goalies just getting an opportunity of a lifetime to get to skate on the ice and be watched by the goalie coaches of the Seattle Kraken, the other people that were part of the, the, the team's management group. Like they took it serious. And I thought that was cool, but they also made it fun for us. So, and I think that seems to be the vibe of the organization. Like, obviously, a very serious organization, but it seems like everybody that I've met within the Kraken um, uh, management. Are all good people looking to just make other people love this sport? And they did an incredible job with the backup goalie tryouts.
3: Well, right on. We have Steve Miggs here, tried out for the emergency backup goalie gig with the Kraken. We don't know who they chose. Maybe they'll call you one day
4: to show up at a game. I don't know about you, but that moment when they first were on the ice in Spokane, I got seriously emotional, like goosebumps. I don't know about you. Like when I moved out here, it was 1997. And I I came from New York, grew up a Devils fan. Uh, But when I moved out here, I was just like, oh, we don't have a pro team here. And that was like, well, maybe one day. And one day took 20 something years. And I know a lot longer for other people that have been living here a lot longer. But when that moment, and, and, and it still never felt real. Even then we found out we got a team, we got a name. Like, okay, it's starting to feel a little bit more real, a little bit more real. But when you saw all the players out there with the jerseys on full gear warming up before the very first exhibition game, dude, ah, oh, it just that made me rock. so happy. Yeah. That, it I, did. I was
3: in Spokane. I was up in the upper deck 205. My uh, oh. fiance, she grew up in Spokane. We had a road trip. We uh, met the parents weekend cracking hockey. The blue jerseys came out and uh, the first goal was scored and we heard lithium
4: by Nirvana. They, I incredible. hope they go with that. I hope they stick with that for the uh, goals. I was like, I never even thought of that. It was great.
3: Yeah. We haven't really heard anything yet, but they rolled that one out. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was kind of, we did a poll on the fan cast about, you know, about a year ago. Lithium was one of the top ones. So the Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, and uh, some Allison chains. They're uh, They're at the top of the polls from the fans. So let's rock out at the climate pledge arena. Do you guys think you'll have any promotions uh, outside
4: of the arena for the fans? before games so. anything like that maybe tailgating i hope so man I, I know like obviously they're 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 i mean in the, in the, to get nerdy with the, the business of radio they're they're flagship stations kjr and that's a different company and a lot okay. of times that makes things difficult to uh to to do marketing stuff i mean a little bit like they've been great to us they've hooked us up with players they've hooked us up with john forslund a lot coaches coach Hackstall coach has been on our show they're not like saying no we won't touch you guys because you're not part of the radio family that we're working with but it all it makes it hard sometimes for marketing stuff but i mean we're full bore going to support them in every way that we can you know we started a, a thing jokingly on our show called Kraken thursdays because that was the day that they announced the name of the team right. uh, a year okay. ago so every thursday we since the day they named it and since we got our hands on merchandise we've been wearing Kraken gear uh and oh, it's funny geez. to see uh, yeah
3: Yeah, Steve, we've got a Kraken Thursday. Dress up in your Kraken year on Kraken Fan Hub. Yeah. Kraken Fan Cast on Facebook. So we're right behind you. 99.9 FM KISW with Steve Meggs here. This is Chelios Chats. We're talking hockey. We're talking goalies. We're talking rock and roll. I'm so pumped and you're pumped. This is great to meet you today. And uh, fans, check out. The morning show with BJ and Miggs on 99.9 FM KISW and let's go cracking.
0: All right. Thanks much, Lute. Another great Chelios chat. Thanks much to Steve Miggs for uh, participating in that. We really appreciate it. Um, all right. So um, as I mentioned earlier, we usually do these about every two weeks. But we're going to make a little exception. we uh, It's a huge day coming up. It's, uh, it's the very first home opening game, home uh, first very first home game, let alone home opener. Very first home game ever in Seattle Kraken history on Saturday, October 23. So we at Kraken FanCast are compelled to get together for a special recording, and uh, which we will try to get up on YouTube. You actually see our little faces here on our YouTube page. A little later in the day, and then it'll end up on our usual audio podcast outlets, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But we're going to do a little post game and uh, impressions of Climate Pledge Arena. There's just going to be so much to talk about. So it's going to be such a special experience being at that very first game, watching that very first game here in Seattle. So we're going to be recording again on uh sunday october 24th the uh, day after the game happens and uh, we'll we'll talk a little about the game and just about the whole experience so that's coming up please tune in for that also you catch that uh, on our youtube page as well as our podcast outlets all right well thanks very much just want to remind you also uh please again follow us on facebook instagram and on twitter our twitter handle at cast kraken You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most importantly, at our website, krakenfancast.com. Please visit us there. All right. Thanks much to our producer, Jay Middleton. Also, uh, for Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, and Lucellios, we thank you so much for listening. And as always, we must say, go Go Kraken!